On Devil Times 5 this month, killer cats, from mutant moggies to terrifying tigers and everything in between. You are listening to episode 11 of the Devil Times 5 horror podcast with me, Cliff, and my fellow furballs, Richard, Emily, CJ, and Sarah. Oh. Hello. Hiya. All right. Right. Last month, we were trying to figure out what Your Mother Sucks Cocks in Hell would have been in the German dub of The Exorcist. So thanks to Clary Maguire, at problem underscore chimp, who's got in touch to say, Dein Mutti ist Schwanz in der Hölle. <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, she continues, I barked this out loud while listening to this month's episode at work, which will definitely help my career. Nice. So we hope you haven't been fired, Clary. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, now it's time to mark our territory and look at our highs and lows from the last month of horror viewing. So, CJ, what is your catnip and what is your cat shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my highlight, I'll start on a positive note, uh, was Suffer Little Children, uh, which oh, is nice. a film that was made in 1983, uh, but has recently been released on DVD by Severin Films who've done the best that they possibly can to restore a film that was shot on camcorder by a bunch of actual children. Um, why Why is this significant? Well, there's a long story behind it that's uh, well worth watching the extras for, uh, but it is just a very, very enthusiastic, fun, no-budget gore movie with lots of satanic overtones uh and it's made by literal children uh and is much better than it has any right to be uh given its its origins it's definitely an oddity and i loved it so that was my highlights do you have the song stuck in your head now um yeah it's not quite <laughs> as insistent as that one from night train to terror that dance with oh, me no. one but it but <laughs> no, it's no, in no, a no. similarly repetitious uh yes. style yeah i really enjoyed the last 20 minutes of that film it just goes off and you're low light uh i've not actually watched that many films uh this month so i've not really had a massive low light um so i feel kind of bad choosing this one but the worst horror film that i watched was hellgate which is uh, another recently restored 80s oddity. Um, it just didn't do it for me. I just found it was it was a total mess. Uh, had some really nice little scenes in it, some good special effects, but I don't know. Just needed a story and some characters that weren't super annoying. So sorry, uh, Hellgate. It's, it's a shame, like the kind of the, the the rubber effects with the exploding fish or whatever it is don't aren't really continued on <laughs> yeah i in the film. love that scene when, when the fish blows up i was just like yeah this is i'm i'm in for this and then just after that it it just falls off a cliff and unfortunately that's like the first 10 minutes so I'm not a big fan of that one either no i mean it's okay kind of dull yeah I yeah i have fair. to say it was it's gonna have to be my low light as well just because we've not really watched many things this month but yeah that that definitely was the worst okay um emily let's move on to you um i've also not watched that many movies this month but i did have a rewatch of um i walked with a zombie which is the same creative team as did the original 1940s cat people and that's really good it's basically um jane eyre with voodoo it's a classy it's it, it, in an extremely classy 1940s kind of way it's um recommended it's very atmospheric and full of shadows etc and it also has a great song it does <laughs> yes and emily your low light um i haven't really got a, a low light unless i can have either episode seven of the recent series of stranger things or um, the one with the, the fake punks in it was hilarious but it was it was wrong <laughs> or I could pick, I could pick Sleepwalkers that. from. Yeah, it was it was quite cheesy. I mean, the, the, it's not. An, I don't know if what you guys think of Stranger Things. I quite like it, but at the same time, I know it's not a, not brilliant. If you see what I mean. Um, but yeah, there was something about that seventh episode that just wasn't was, was a bit off. I I don't know. Or if I can have something from um, this month's selection, then Sleepwalkers, which yeah. We'll talk about Sleepwalkers later. Yeah, of course. You have Stranger Things. I've never seen Stranger oh, Things. Oh, don't! Before. It'll you send you into a rage. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Richard? Well, my low light will have to be one of these uh, killer cat movies because that's pretty much all I've been watching. <laughs> and I, I've, I've watched way too many New Dimensions. So it's um, Man Eater from 2007, starring mm. Gary Busey as Grady Barnes, who plays the sheriff of this uh, you know, town being terrorized by a tiger. Uh, it's a Canadian American TV movie, kind of you know, lo fi cheap looking 
but has an actual tiger as opposed to cheap CGI, like you would see okay. in a sci-fi movie. But it just, uh, it's just very generic, nothing too interesting. Uh, but it's directed by the guy who did uh, the classics The Last Christmas, Lucky Christmas, The Christmas Heart, A Bride for Christmas. What? <laughs> What's the guy's name? I really hope it's Mr. Christmas. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just that I, I watch quite a lot of uh, the Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, yeah, I know you do. The, we just watched one the other night by a guy called Stephen Monroe, whose entire filmography seems to be horror and Christmas movies. So yeah. I wondered if it was him. And what's your highlight, Richard? Uh, I'm going to pick two, but I'll be very brief. Um, first one is one you had as your highlight, Cliff. Um, it is uh, David Lowry's uh, A Ghost Story from oh, this yes. year, which just you blew me away. I kind of expected it to and, and it did uh it's i don't know it's just my kind of movie the way i see it just very simplistic but with great images and atmosphere and the score it's not really a horror movie even though it's called a ghost story it's more of a, a love story it's about you know loss so it's about it's, a ghost no, haunting a house yeah, how much more about, horror can you get well yeah but it's not a horror movie it's not for everyone i can see a lot of people finding it too slow or uneventful, but you know I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And the other one uh, was also mentioned previously, but as a low light, which is one of the reasons I kind of have to bring it up, which is uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you guys said it. <laughs> I didn't hate I it. Know. I thought it was alright. Oh okay, I I thought it was a lot of fun, dumb fun. Again, not a horror movie. Uh, more action, typical Tom Cruise action movie, but with a mummy. But I thought it was a lot of fun, it's, you know, and I didn't think Russell Crowe was bad at all. What? Yeah, uh, his his accent, sure. Oh, his acting. I don't. Know, I didn't think it was bad at That's all. That's like oh no. Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rise to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've said. I've like not seen it. Does Russell Crowe sing in it? I wish. No, no. No, he just no. really hams it up and Maybe goes, Oh, watch your geezer, I'm a cockney guy. He's, oh, he's awful. <laughs> you mean he doesn't sing Chim Chimney at any point? <laughs> Sadly not. It was very, very American Werewolf in London, though. With a, you know, oh, yeah, completely. Half of it's ripped and... off American Werewolf in London. Yeah, very American Werewolf. It's literally like werewolf. somebody watched American Werewolf in London and went, but what if it had a happy ending? Sort yeah. of. <laughs> and what if it was rubbish? Yeah, what if it was shit? <laughs> I mean, it's not American Werewolf, but I enjoyed it. Uh, right, I'm going to go next. I've um, I've been to some dark places this last month. I'm going to start by recommending a book, which um, it was a book that uh, I read in the 90s. The original edition of it is called um, Killing for Culture by David Kerakis and David Slater. And it's a history of death on film. So it's all about Mondo films and films that have got snuff movies, a plot element and actual deaths caught on camera, things like that. Um, I found out there was a new edition published last year. The original was about 250 pages and concluded there's probably no such thing as a snuff movie. Otherwise, we'd have seen them by now. The new version is like post-internet over 600 pages long and there there's a section that's just pages and pages really depressing descriptions of all these things that you could basically call snuff movies these days um but there's also loads more uh, movies reviewed that have got snuff as a plot point and that's taken me to some dark viewing over the last few weeks and my low light is the second month in a row a toe tag production mm. it's called murder collection and it's supposed to be one of those kind of faces of death, traces of death type collections of real deaths. Except, you know, up front, it's a toe tag film, it's fiction, it's special effects. And you'd think, because toe tag is so good with their special effects and their, you know, fake snuff stuff, like August Underground's Mordom, I also rewatched this month, and it's brilliant. I still, still think that's great. But Murder Collection is so boring. These scenes go on forever, and only, like, I think one or two of them actually got any gore in. The payoffs are shit. It's... I don't, I just don't understand the point of it. Like a, a series of fake snuff scenes that are said up front it's fake because there's credits on the thing. So you don't even get the friss on of, ooh, is it real? 
and they're just really tedious, <laughs> really <laughs> badly acting. Yeah. Um, so on a more jolly note, my highlight was re-watching all the Saw films ahead of Jigsaw. Um, first time round, I was up and down with them. This time round, I loved them all <laughs> equally, really. Oh. And the one I'm going to... Equally, Yeah, the on. one I'm going to pick as my highlight is the one I did the biggest 180 on, um, which was Saw 4, oh, which okay. I thought was just incomprehensible and shit, you know, first time I saw it. Um, but now... Having, That's how I feel too. Yeah. Well, having really paid attention to the storyline of the first three, <laughs> I love how it just doesn't give a fuck if you haven't been. If you haven't been keeping up with the story, then you are in trouble watching Saw 4. If you have been keeping up, the way it's so multi-timelined, the twist at the end, everything is just so brilliantly done. It's not my favourite of the series, but it's the one that I enjoyed. It had the biggest, well, had the biggest 180. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it so much more than the first time I saw it. Loved it. That probably explains why I didn't care for it the first time because I saw it way like years after the first. Mm. Uh, yeah, it makes no three, sense to do that. I think yeah, a lot of people had that at the cinema. I think they're they're just so different to other horror franchises in that you really, really do have to keep watching and yeah. and understanding each yeah. film, or else you you're gonna get lost. They they don't reboot; they just continue, and it gets more in depth, more sprawling, more convoluted, but never never loses it. Apart from Saw Seven, which we don't talk about. Shut up! Saw Seven's um, brilliant too. But, um, Emily, you a fan of the Saw <laughs> films? Um, I've not seen all of them to be honest. Um, I like what I have seen, but I I suppose because I must think was I think I've only seen the first three, so I must have stopped before it started getting really in depth with the whole kind mm. of mythos, yeah. etc. Um, I liked Saw Two the most of the ones that I have seen, mostly because the yeah, the, 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 the thing with somebody supposedly having a key embedded in their skull is properly horrible and disgusting, <laughs> and also the ki- it also reminded me of the kind of thing that would go around on the playground when it was about ten. Mm. Which probably yeah. says a lot about the school <laughs> I went to. But <laughs> um, Well, that brings us on to Sarah's highlight, I believe. It does. I'm picking Jigsaw as my highlight um, because, as we've already kind of established, we're big fans of Saw. And uh, so I was really, really excited about Jigsaw and also kind of scared just because I thought Saw 3D was shit. And so I was worried that it would be another disappointment. But I actually thought Jigsaw was great. So, yeah, that's going to be my highlight. I really enjoyed it, but I was disappointed that it doesn't continue the convolutedness of the previous does, seven. It sort though. I mean, I it's don't want to spoil it, but I think... It's totally standalone. You, you well, don't have to have watched well, any of the... You don't. You don't have you, 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 to. There no, are things you don't you have can... to. But I think if you have, there's a lot of really fun stuff in there. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a it's a sequel, and it is. It is totally a sequel. It's completely a sequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. It doesn't really continue on the story. I think it does. As we last saw it. It it doesn't. It doesn't. In that Saw Seven does kind of close a lot of things off and and opens new things up. The thing, new things that it opens up are shit. So I think no. it did a good job in not, not continuing that. those. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it could easily follow on from six. Um, it se- could easily seven, follow on from six. It's yeah. just wrong. Like seven doesn't seven's the one that doesn't fit. Jigsaw <laughs> seven fits. is violently wrong-headed in so yeah. many ways. <laughs> I like seven a lot. I just don't want it. Uh, Seven is actually my favourite of the whole series. It's the only one that's full of like misogyny. It's vile. I I know. I know. I know. It does take a bit of a. No, no. It's my favourite because it's the most action-packed. It's. And the most but, but, it's, but it's dumb and... action. Like we, we've come to a level with Saw where it's so clever and it just it just works and everything's so precise. And then you have got Seven, which is just like, oh, let's just make the film that everybody thinks the Saw films are. Which that is just fucking dream sequence with Jill in oh. her nighty is the worst thing in any Saw film. Yeah, come on, the scene where all the Nazis get ripped apart at the start of Seven is the best scene in the whole series. I can't really remember that because I refuse to rewatch it. I just... <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I've seen it yeah. twice, yeah. and that was more than enough. Anyway, they were our highs and lows. Uh, now let's get our claws into this month's theme. <laughs> And this month's first feature was 11 years in the making and finally released in 1981. It's Noel Marshall's Roar. You are not going to kill those cats. You can tell me what you're going to do, <laughs> and you can tell me what the rest of this committee is going to do. But I'll be damned if you're going to tell me what I'm going to do. 
That's why you have to help me. He could get killed. I can call on any property to kill animals that I deem are a danger to human life. I'm telling you there'll be no culling of cats, elephants, or any animals ever again. What are you trying to prove? That you can have lion socializing with people? We can't keep exterminating everything that we fear that inconveniences us. Let the zoos keep them alive. An American man who lives in Kenya with dozens of big cats has to try and get home before his family, who've come to visit, get eaten by lions. This is obviously a film that's more interesting for its backstory than what's actually on screen Mm -hmm. in in some Mm. ways. In every way, yeah. No, not at all. (laughs) Well, it starts off with the link to our uh, last month's feature, The Exorcist, because probably wouldn't have been made if The Exorcist hadn't been such a big hit. Because Noel Marshall, the director and the star and the writer, produced The Exorcist. And presumably that's how he made his money and was able to buy this lion sanctuary in, in California. Him and, him and his wife, Tippi Hedren, were making a movie in Africa. And they stumbled upon this uh, plantation big house thing that was abandoned but inhabited by all these lions. So they're like, oh, what are all these lions doing here? And they kind of got the backstory and stuff and then like, oh, I want to do something about these lions and maybe make a uh, eventually a movie to um, show people how these lions live and how they're also hunted and killed for no reason so they uh, brought a bunch of lions back to their home in Beverly Hills where they ended up living with about 100 lions like wow. in their house, in their home in Beverly Hills then they moved to this big ranch in uh, Los Angeles eventually and they lived with these lines for like six years before they started actual production. I mean I did say that Noel Marshall was the writer and director but of course the opening credits say that um, <laughs> it's only fair that the animals share the writing and directing <laughs> yeah. credits. Also I noticed um, Noel Marshall isn't actually credited as an actor no. anywhere on the well, which, which is quite accurate things. to be fair. It's not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't really do much acting. <laughs> No. He's a very, very annoying presence, is that man. He's like a yeah, really, he's... really stroppy nine-year-old who's unhappy at his birthday party. It's just constant <laughs> whining all the way through. And the whole, no, no, they're not pets, they're friends. There's a tiger, go and yeah. hug it, even though it's trying to kill you. Brilliant. I love it whenever he's trying to deliver a, li- a line and there's a, like, a tiger climbing all <laughs> <Yeah>. over <laughs> Like even in the, in the opening scene, he has his hand is in bandages and... Yeah. yeah, not even ten minutes into the movie, he's literally drowning in lions. Yeah, yeah guy was, guy was in, Yeah, guy was insane. <laughs> yeah, but does it work as a horror film? Nope. No, it's not. not I, I, would, I wouldn't even consider it a horror movie. It's more of an adventure movie. I would put forward the case for it being a comedy, whether it's intentional or not. Because I very, <laughs> I very rarely laugh out loud when I'm watching a movie on my own. But I did several. I, I laughed out loud several times watching that. I I kind of I wished I was watching it sort of the Prince Charles cinema or somewhere where it was okay to kind of like have a couple of beers and just be like, hey, that's stupid. That person's fallen in the water again for no reason. <laughs> but it's um it's an odd odd piece of cinema. Yeah. You don't get um you don't get many horror films where you spend two minutes watching a lion cub trying to skateboard. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and it's the cutest thing. Having a shoe stuck stuck on his teeth. Or tooth. I think it could be more of a horror film. It's just I don't think his direction is very good, um, yeah. or the animals' direct co-direction. Um, <laughs> it's just I think it just doesn't have the right kind of story to be either a horror film or, or even an adventure film because there's not really any horror or adventure in the. You get these scenes where the family are being pursued by the the big cats, and you think, oh, that's scary. The cats are going to get them, but you kind of yeah. know because of what he said that. The cats probably aren't going to get them, and then the yeah, absolutely. It, the know. whole thing is undermined by the f- entire first half yeah. hour. Is him saying how how harmless they are? Mm. Yeah, exactly. He, as he's even even while his while his fingers are hanging <laughs> off, Go, they're harmless. They're fine. Yeah. You do know that elephant's going to throw to be Hedron, though. So there's that. Yeah. Little that yeah, elephant true. is the biggest the biggest bastard animal in it. Oh, I mean, that's terrifying. He destroys their though, boat. That's completely gratuitous. He did not like their boat, uh, that's for sure. I kind of get the feeling, though, that the bits where she's on the elephant, it's like she's kind of jumped on the elephant and gone, oh, no, get off me. And the elephant's like, what the fuck? Why is this woman climbing on my head? Get off. <laughs> um, something else that would make it more, more successful as a horror film is if the music didn't sound like this. 
I love the inappropriate music. It's very Disney. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it is Disney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but again, it's like it doesn't quite work as a Disney film because it's so offbeat and, and weird. It's like it doesn't work as anything. It, it, it just everything he tries, it just goes wrong. Apart from expert handling of lions. I just think it works as a spectacle, and uh, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's craziness. Just what's on display, kind of awe-inspiring, uh, jaw-dropping yeah. at times. Did you spot the little um, reference to the birds when T.P. Hedron yeah. walks into a room and a bird goes, whoop. Yeah, the pelican. Very quick. Yeah. A lot of funny moments like that. Also when his uh, African friend first you know, uh, gets to the house. Yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, say hello to Henry the Jaguar. He's like, yeah, no, not today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really sorry for a TiVo. There should have been a sequel called A TiVo's Revenge. <laughs> was like, oh yeah you, you fight off the tigers with an umbrella <laughs> like, no. and he also spent an entire night in a tree i believe yes oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. with an umbrella yeah poor guy, poor guy. with two tigers yeah, down <laughs> must have seen um squirm because that's how the heroes yeah. the supposed heroes survive squirm isn't it they just hide in a tree overnight yeah. in the morning it's all all right <laughs> hmm. do you think the film is an unwitting commentary on the white man in africa because uh, Noel Marshall's character thinks he can domesticate the cats, whereas Mativo is all like respectful of them and scared of them. I, I don't think it's a, it could be an intentional commentary because of Noel Marshall. Mm. I think he thought, yay, white man in Africa, mm. I'm brilliant. But you can tell from, well, from the, what's on screen and what happened behind the scenes with, you know, 70 cast and crew injuries, that big cats aren't to be fucked with like that, really, are they? No. no. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a fearless guy, but also... One would say stupid. Yeah. 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 Putting his, his own life and <laughs> yeah. his family's life in danger. He died a few years ago, uh, weirdly not from a lion injury. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, he almost died was... during the movie, though. Yeah. One of yeah. The, the bites. Well, yeah, gangrene. Oh, from a, There's that really bizarre bite. scene where he's on a bicycle singing to himself, and I don't yeah. know why that's there. <laughs> I feel like that's how he spends most of his time. That's, Probably. That's how I see him just chilling. That... I think that was his interior monologue. That's just what it sounds yeah. like. It's just him singing and then go, no, don't, no, hug the tiger. It's okay. I like the bit where his son's on the motorbike and he goes up towards the barn thinking it would be safe up there. And as he approaches the barn, like a hundred tigers. <laughs> <run out. laughs> yeah, that's something we haven't mentioned is that it's the cast is his entire family. Mm. Yeah. So he wasn't just putting other actors in danger. He was actually putting his wife and his kids in <laughs> yeah. danger. Yeah. He was so putting bizarre. a few other non-actors in yeah, danger, that like one his two son sons. Is particularly oh bad. God, yeah, the the son without the beard is yeah. particularly atrocious. At the one who sounds life. like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, he's... well, they all kind of sound. They like all do, but he no, really, not really Marshall does. Kind it's... of sounds like Shaggy, but yeah. It does also feature Melanie Griffith with an, a line that was so amazing that I had to rewind it and go, "What did you just say?" It was that one where. Um, she's talking to her mum about her, their. Um, you know, your dad and I have been having problems. Oh. And there's, there's just something like, oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And she says, in her little Marilyn Monroe baby voice, which I can't hope to replicate, she goes, um, yeah, that's the heart. But what about the sexual glands? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even organs, it's glands. glands that's amazing. Yeah. That's true. So insightful into the mind of Noel Marshall there, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, make, my, um, I'll make my teenage stepdaughter say this. That's weird. So that is I'll make her say sexual glands. <laughs> Maybe one of the leopards wrote that line. <laughs> I did notice there's a panther in it who's got extremely big balls. <laughs> I've never noticed a panther's balls before. They might be big anyway, but they, that was kind of... Bigger balls in the cast. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a metaphor. I'm not sure. Visual, visual reference to stupidity of the cast. Um, I saw Savage Harvest, which came out in 1981, the same year as Raw. And I think that was possibly made as a, a spoiler for Raw because it's very, very similar plotline. Yeah. It's a much um, better film as well, though. I managed to sneak oh, yeah. that one in on uh, Richard's recommendation earlier yeah. on today. Um, oh, you watched it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I actually I only saw Raw a couple of days ago. So when it first started, I was like, oh, so it was like, oh my God, are they going to be actual African people in this? And then it cut to a, a table full of people in khaki going, well, we're not happy with how this is going. I was like, oh no. But <laughs> actually, it's 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 a much better film. There's more of a sense of suspense in there. And um, yeah. yeah, it's. It... And the killings are kind of, it was far more brutal 
Yeah. Yeah, it's much better directed. Yes. It's it's much more, animal attack scenes are much better Mm -hmm. done, but I found the domestic drama in between them really boring. That is quite cheesy. That scene where they're singing um, Beatles songs around the piano and suddenly get interrupted by a lion dragging in the servant is amazing. That was awesome. And that's probably why the movie is an on DVD. I would. Yeah, I, I was wondering songs, that. Yeah. I was thinking, are yeah. they going to actually do a Beatles song? And then they did two. Yeah. And they did two of them. Yeah. I've just looked up the poster art on Letterboxd and wow. Yeah. That is incredible. It looks it looks like a sort of Porky-style sex comedy. Uh, <laughs> like the font <laughs> and everything. And there's, there's a, a woman with a blouse ripped open and most of her breasts showing. And then there's a giant bipedal lion behind her, about to grope her. <laughs> like that is. Wow. I mean, if you want to, if you're going to watch one Tom Skerritt versus Big Cat movie, then let it be Savage Harvest, and not the other one I did, which is called Man Eaters Are Loose. Because that one is awful. Good time. Oh, another TV movie. That one. Yeah, it's it? a TV movie. So CJ, you've um, actually just been to Kenya I have, uh, yeah. for a bit of a Big Cat experience. <laughs> um, have you seen Prey? Because although that's out in South Africa, I think that's probably more like what you experienced than. Um, uh, I have not seen Prey. <laughs> uh, from 2006, starring Peter Weller. It's basically Cujo, Cujo on safari, let's say, <laughs> where a mum and her two stepkids are trapped in a van in the savannah. And, uh... I mean, you were in a, you were going through the savannah in a. Yeah, I mean that did that did almost happen at one point. It was just me and a guide who was a Maasai guide, uh, and we were in this little vehicle that just had canvas on the top, so there wasn't like a a roof or anything. It was just like a little car with a canvas bit on the top. Um, and he was obsessed with getting up the top of this little rockery to see this lion that was that was apparently at the top. I mean, I couldn't see it, but he's got you know the the eye so uh so we drove up this this rockery and it took ages because the car was going <laughs> trying to get up these rocks and it he just kept like stopping starting and mo- moving up and then we eventually got to the top and you could see there was this female lion uh who had a couple of cubs with her uh so obviously i'm thinking Ooh, they're a bit more aggressive when they got the cubs because you know they're trying to protect them so i was like well, okay we're not that close we're probably about i don't know maybe 10 feet away so I'm like, okay that's that's fine she seems quite docile so we have a look we take the photos and i'm like okay that was cool you know seeing the female lion with some cubs great good stuff let's move on and then he tries to get the car down the rockery and that was just not happening at all so there's all this spinning of wheels and grinding of gears and <laughs> like the whole car's like juddering up and down and this female lion is you know, started to pay attention to us because we're making so much noise. And then suddenly the engine just cuts out completely. And there was that moment of, oh God, <laughs> I'm going to die. This is where I die. Uh, it was just so scary for, for that minute where he's trying to start the car again. Uh, eventually he did get the car started and we, we drove off. But I just thought, if that car doesn't start, one of us is at some point going to have to step out of this vehicle and there is there is a lion there with cubs and it's not going to end well so how long did that last you've been installed oh, not long at all like you know i mean he, he got the car started in under a minute because i think in prey they're they're stuck for about three days and it, it starts when the kid needs to get out to do a poo and <laughs> then he runs away from the lion that attacks his guide gets back in the car um, and his mum, his stepmom says, uh, "You still need to have a poo." And he, he's basically, "No, it's gone back up." And there's no mention of them <laughs> go, you having to go to the toilet again for the next three days that they're trapped there. Well, it went back so, up. I mean, you know, it just went back up, stayed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily I, I didn't have to take a poo uh, <laughs> in the savannah. <laughs> uh, one more um, big cat film, I think. Burning Bright. Yeah, yeah, I like Burning Bright. Um, have you seen Mamba, though, the Italian film? Because it's exactly the same, except with a tiger instead of a snake. Is Mamba's it good. It's got Greg, Greg Henry Hatter? from uh, Body Double and Trudy Styler and Bill Moseley. But, uh, and the Bill Moseley character in Burning Bright is played by Meatloaf, <laughs> who sells the evil man, the tiger, to lock in the house with his stepdaughter. If it's got Meatloaf selling someone a tiger, I definitely have to watch it. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just one of those things that draws me in. I watched it with Holly last night, and she was kind of disappointed that Meatloaf didn't go, this cat is out of hell. 
Mr. Virginia. He could have done the full eight minute long song and just changed the word bat to cat. That would have yeah, been brilliant. I would have watched the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Richard, did you pick up on the. I've written down that it features the world's least convincing telephone banking scene, but I can't quite remember what happened because it was months ago I watched it. Did you pick up on that? I think she just phones the bank and say, "Hi, yeah. this is uh, hi, this is Kelly. Can I transfer X amount into this account?" And they go, "Yeah, sure. It's good. Great, thanks." <laughs> no, I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they're like, "No, you're you're out of money." I'm sorry. Yeah, your uh, yeah. stepdad. He uh, he threw all your money yesterday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I need to know. Anyway, it's quite a good one. Should we move on to little domestic cats? I mean, I'll tell you what. One of the problems with big cat films I have is that big cats are cute, mm-hmm. and they look, they act exactly the same as domestic cats. And every time I see, you know, something in Raw or Prey or whatever of a big cat trying to attack, it just reminds me of that bit in Team America: World Police where <laughs> Kim Jong. <laughs> It'll unleashes the panthers and it's just these little <laughs> kittens. black kittens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, domestic cats. I quite like the the cat from hell bit in um, Tales from the Dark Side. I thought that yeah, was, that's very good. That's um, surprisingly disgusting. You expect a bit of body horror just because you know, but that that the end scene of that is properly kind of Ugh, and then yeah, it's it's very very Stephen King. Yeah, and you've got cat's eye uh, vision as well, which I absolutely love in these things. He's got shots from mm. the cat's point of view. Have you seen Shadow of the Cat? That's got yeah. cat's eye vision. Oh no, I've maybe. not seen that one. It's, it's basically a slasher, but from 1961, and the and the killer is a cat. Yeah. No, Shadow of the Cat is a film about a load of people going absolutely mad because they're convinced that this cat is killing them. Is that that's the one where they've murdered someone, right? And then they think that the cat's getting revenge. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cat again is just kind of being really cute and chilling out. And everyone's like, the cat, it knows. It doesn't yeah, know. It's There's the definitely cat. a scene where you just see it rolling around with a ball of wool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really funny film, I think. I'm not sure how intentional that is, but it's once you clock on to the fact that the cat isn't killing people, it's just hilarious. Oh, I'll have to watch it again. I for, I'd forgotten that twist. Spoiler. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I thought the cat was killing people. No, I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure the cat doesn't uh, kill people in Shadow of the Cat. Uh, unless, sure wait, it but ah, it might not be a spoiler. We haven't spoiled it for anyone. You still have to watch it to find out. <laughs> yeah. Possible we're mixing it up with something else entirely. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, one film where a cat it definitely is responsible in a bizarre way is Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's very underrated. I can't believe all low ratings I saw on Letterbox when I went to log it. I think it's one of his better movies. Not his best. I mean, it's far from his best, but it's. It's got a brilliant cast. Yeah, and it's, mm, I think it's very cast. well directed. Yeah, I mean, it's got a cat that can um, steal a key yeah. and wow. work out how to destroy some air conditioning <laughs> and open a door. Ah, oh, the scene where the cat's opening the door is brilliant. It's so suspenseful. It takes forever. It does take forever. I love it. Um, it starts a fire in the house. Oh, it's like, <laughs> I love that cat. I meant to watch this, but it was a choice between watching this and Night of a Thousand Cats, and unfortunately I went for oh, that. Oh, that sounded so good. I wish I'd been able you, to watch that. Oh, you picked the well, wrong movie. Spoiler the wrong alert, movie. there aren't a thousand cats. It's about yeah, 25. It's not even that. I'd say it's about 25, but they just show the oh. same ones over and over again. Oh. I was going to bring that movie up. That's pretty much just 60 minutes of Hugo Stiglitz flying around in a helicopter. It's, it's a very, <laughs> so, very odd film. It's, it's got... A, it's got some got a really good soundtrack and a good sense of style, and you just probably get the feeling that Quentin Tarantino's watched it several times. But it's I want their brandy glasses that everyone's got in it. Mm. Oh, every giant. every set has the same enormous brandy. I reckon you could fit a thousand cats in each one of those. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they should have done that. It's about um, this playboy who picks up women, and when they displease him, he throw he, um, basically throws them to his cats, and they eat them. Uh, or, or they kill they kill, their, kill the people and then he eats them. Or is it does he kill them and then throws the bodies to cats? I think, anyway, I think it's not he, very good. He eats some of them and then I don't know. There's like a he, there's a scene with a big pot, big sort of mincing thing, but it's not made <laughs> yeah. not, not made abundantly clear. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a, a mostly mute manservant who just kind of makes evil grunting noises. It's it's and he puts their heads in jars. I don't that's right. Yeah, he has yeah. A, a selection of of um, heads yeah. of people he's he's fed to the cats, and in no way are those heads really really plastic looking. And um, <laughs> later on, there's there's a man who's a, a, a sort of breaking up the whole theme of like sexy ladies that he just ends up killing when he get when um, 
for for whatever reason there's a man who turns up i think his, his car's broken down and he needs to use the phone and later on you see his head in the jar with the worst fake mustache ever it's um <laughs> it's quite amazing but Richard, you say it's 60 minutes of Hugo Spitz, Stiglitz even, um, flying around in a helicopter. I have a theory about his character in this film. I think he's supposed to be a cat, kind of, in personality, because he like, spends his days playing, and then he hunts at <laughs> night, and ends up eating his prey. So, you know, I think, but, I think he is cat-like. But how does that explain the helicopter? Like, cats don't <laughs> buy helicopters. They would if they could, though. Because they prowl quite a large area around their house <laughs> that would explain so they why do it by he jumping keeps... over walls and everything he keeps coming back to the same houses over and over again in the way cats yeah. do but normally it's to yeah. beg food off someone rather than to stare at them creepily through their patio doors like, mind you they do that as well i just think they didn't have much of a script and they managed to rent this helicopter cheap so you might as well get the money's yeah. worth <laughs> i mean there's uh i know there's uh an hour-long version of it, which is the most common version. But mm-hmm. I watched one that's like 85 minutes long. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I like watched that one as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the 60-minute version is heavily censored. Yeah, probably. Rather than less boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so boring. Uh, and I love the Uncanny, the anthology yeah, film, which I think is now like one. apart apart from ABCs of Death and ABCs of Death Two. I think it's probably my favorite anthology now, and I did not see <laughs> that coming. It's a really good one. Yeah, I love the uncanny. Uh, I wish you hadn't brought up those other two abominations, but yeah, the uncanny is brilliant. <laughs> uh. um, should we move on to wear cats? And Sarah, one of your favourites, cat people. Is that a wear cat movie though? Well, <laughs> people who turn into cats. Yes. Yeah, I think. It's Do they turn into cats? I, mm... Yes. Oh, Richard, yeah. we're not talking about the 1980s one. I know, yeah, I just realised, sorry. <laughs> Irina definitely turns into a panther at one point, yeah? Mm. Then what the fuck is no, the point of doesn't. cat people if she, if she oh. doesn't? And I was wondering this the whole <laughs> fucking time I was watching it. Because I, I did not enjoy it, because it's a shitty melodrama about some gemble <laughs> called Oliver oh, Reed my God. who uh. won't... Put, won't deal with the fact that this woman he's met isn't immediately giving him everything think, he wants. I think you've already made a mistake woman. by positioning Oliver Reed as the protagonist when he's really not. I, th- I think you need to watch it again because <laughs> I can't even begin to deconstruct how and why and to what extent you are wrong about cat people. He is basically the biggest dick in cinema history where he just like harasses this woman he's met into marrying him even though she doesn't want to and then just cheats on her mm. he sucks <laughs> thing is I, I thought it was just too buttoned up too melodramatic and i'd much rather have watched a film about the sort of working class comedy uh, characters uh, it is, see, it is from the 40s. oh they are brilliant like, yeah yeah I, I don't think it's buttoned up at all though, especially for the age i think it's such a sexual film there's so much like sex under the surface like constantly mm-hmm. uh and when you watch other films from that era uh you know i mean it's not unique in that respect but it is quite rare to see so much sort of simmering sexuality in in a, in a movie of that age there's the kind of freudian fairy tale stuff like you get in something mm-hmm. like company of wolves as well mm. which yeah. is um which is interesting i much prefer the uh more sexually explicit <laughs> 1982 remake. So I, I, I enjoy yeah, that as well, but it's not, it's not a patch. Just nothing to say. I mean, that straight up is just a stupid Werecat movie. But it's <laughs> so much fun. So good looking. It's got a, it's got a great the soundtrack. Score. Yeah, <laughs> the score and the song and is it's, so good. It's proper um, 80s kitsch as well. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, the dream sequence where there's the, the place with all the black leopards and the, um, oh, the red sky. Yeah. I love yeah, how weird that really is. Odd. That's really odd. I really like both cat people and I think they make kind of quite nice companion pieces to each other but one thing I would say with the 80s one is it's probably about half an hour too long and it could benefit it from long. it could benefit from more of the batshit stuff as well I wanted to see more of the kind of weird um, black leopard world yeah with also Bowie surprisingly Green. influential as well I thought mm. um, I spotted things that have been done by since by the Neon Demon Cronenberg's The Fly um, the Maniac remake mm-hmm. all seem to lift ideas from from cat people yeah that 1982 
I think it's, they do a good job of making Irina more obviously the heroine mm-hmm. by introducing her brother as the proper villain. Oh yeah, it's Malcolm McDowell being typically subtle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my my problem with her character in in that is that um, she could have done with a bit more agency, or even if we just if there was a voiceover or something just explaining, she just seems to kind of stumble blindly, looking fantastic for two hours. Go, oh, okay, yeah, I am a, I am a cat person. It's I don't know. It, but the, it's, I think that's fault with the script, it's, maybe, or maybe that yeah, wasn't I mean, their it's, priority. It's a, it's a Paul Schrader script, so it's well, yes, be there is very that. very male. Um, yes, I don't think he understands how to write a female protagonist. Mm. So it's an odd choice, really, to to adapt Cat People. Yes, um, but you know, like like you say, I agree with everything you say about the positive aspects of the remake. It is, it is a lot of fun. Uh, mm. It does have some good things going for it. But yeah, I also agree that Arena is not a character, and I think with Cliff's opinion on the original, I feel like one of those old letters to the Melody Maker or the enemy where people were like, <laughs> Did you even go to the same gig? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sarah just looks like every, every mention of Cat People 82, it looks like we're shitting on her. I on literally, her I just fucking hate the 80s. Just the entire 80s, <laughs> I put it in the bin. <laughs> How about. <laughs> 1992 sleepwalkers emily oh god your low light (laughs) (laughs) um it is a low light because it's fucking terrible but at the same time bits of it are quite entertaining it's got a good idea and it's kind of similar to cat people in a way but i I seem to remember because i i hadn't seen it until this this recent viewing but i seem to remember the um the trailers on telly kind of advertised it they kind of played up the teen angle a bit more so it's kind of it sort of see, it looks like it's going to go going to go down a teen movie kind of route, but with these horrible looking weird cats that also look alarmingly phallic, and where every single kind of good character pretty much is an idiot, and also that there are lines that kind of almost are almost campy and fun, but are just bollocks. It's um it's an odd one. No vegetables, no dessert. That's right. That's yeah. The guy gets killed with the corn. The, the corn, corn on the cob, the yeah, and um, I was just, I've, I've just got distracted by thinking, how is that actually possible? I, yeah, is it Mick Garris who wrote? Yeah, yeah. that these Mick Garris dialogue all over, like that's the kind of stuff he does in Psycho Four as well, where he's got things like right. "block me with your orange blossom water" and things like that. <laughs> it's just... I don't think it's a very good movie, but it's very silly. But I do think it's a lot of fun. And any movie with cats and metronomic is okay in my book. Plus, there's a lot of cool um, cameos by horror directors. There is that, yeah. Like Toby mm. Hooper, Argento, I think you have Joe Dante. And John, John Landis, Landis is There's Clive it? Barker yeah. as well. Clive Barker sort of, is there. You're kind of like, well, why is there a man with an English accent in this scene? Yeah. Oh, that's Clive Barker. Right, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. um, now, if you thought where cats were unlikely creatures, get a load of our second feature, which is Graydon Clark's 1988 film, Uninvited. They say cats have nine lives. You have only one. A poisonous cat. Now how's that possible? You're gonna be richer than your wildest dreams! (laughs) Nothing's gonna keep me from getting to the Caymans. Now start the engine and get us headed to the Caymans. Uninvited, starring George Kennedy and Alex Corp. You'll never look at a cat in the same way again. A sleazy gangster invites five spring breakers and their cat on board his yacht to help him speed to the Cayman Islands. But little do they know, inside the cat lives another cat. (laughs) And that one eats people. (laughs) <laughs> so CJ, you're you're to blame for this pick. What have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> uh, I think there's something about Graydon Clark's sense of humour um, that just resonates with me. I saw Wacko on TV when I was quite young. Uh, I taped it and I watched that tape over and over and over again. And I know pretty much every line of wacko off my heart and i think something just broke inside me and uh he... wacko is is very funny I think yeah wacko awful. is hilarious yeah. and uh I, I, wa- think... I watched it straight after uninvited it's terrible <laughs> oh, yeah, so 
go 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 back to your ABCs of death. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I think with the uninvited, I just feel like I'm taking an even deeper step into the weird mind of Graydon Clark. I mean, this is a film about a cat that sicks up another cat that then <laughs> goes and kills people. And it's all because of some experiment. Like, they inject the cat at the start, and that whatever is in that syringe makes <laughs> another cat. smaller cat grow inside the cat. <laughs> and, and whenever it gets annoyed, it goes... And out comes the, the small cat, and it goes and rips somebody's face off. And it turns into it a better, puppet first as well. It turns into a very, very yeah. cute yeah, ginger yeah. puppet, and then this horrific little yeah, cat comes Yeah, out. the cat does turn into a very, very obvious puppet. Um, yeah. But and I think it doubles in is, size. It oh, does, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, of course. It <laughs> just place. becomes like this big sort of puffer fish of a cat. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, as if this wasn't mad enough, the whole thing is set on like a luxury yacht. So it's basically like the Rio video, but with a sick enough <laughs> cat. I mean, it's just how, how can you not love this film? It is bonkers. It is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... I liked it a lot more this time around them. Um than the first time I watched it. Uh, well, not a lot more. I liked it more. I I think it's a lot of fun. I love the, the gore effects and the puppet, the cute hand puppet. And uh, you, you got George Kennedy just being annoyed and grumpy. Yes. I hate these kids. Hating punks. Yeah, hate punks. And, uh, <laughs> Has George Kennedy ever given a bad performance? You can, no, you can watch no. the worst film and Never. if George Kennedy's in it, it'll be all right. Oh, except yeah. Wacko. No, um, no. I don't. He's <laughs> the best part of Wacko. Just mowing the lawn. Yes, yes, he's the best part of Wacko. Yeah, yeah. So good. I, actually, my favourite joke in Wacko is uh, the bit where he and his wife uh, are doing the laughing gas and they're just completely high as kites. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're reminiscing about, you know, their long relationship. And uh, throughout the whole thing, he's been this, like, incompetent surgeon. Uh, and she just says to him, like, as they're, they're laughing, uh, oh, you know, all this time I've never even asked, what is your first name? <laughs> just <laughs> My first name's Doctor. I haven't got a degree in anything. <laughs> it's just amazing. In the credits, he's credited as Mr. Dr. Graves as yeah. well. That's <laughs> wonderful. I've so been waiting to talk about Wacko for fucking months on this podcast. Because Wacko is found the funniest a way to do it, of all you? time. That's, that's a fact. I need to track this down because I really, really liked Uninvited. Yeah. I've not been familiar with this guy's work before at all. And it's a lot of fun. It's great. But back, back to Uninvited. I think the same <laughs> yes. thing can be said for uh, Clue Gallagher. He's always good. And I think he's very mm. good in this one. With his fake teeth and glasses and his accent. Yeah. It's too, too bad that Clue Gallagher and George Kennedy are the first to, to die. No spoiler. Just they're, yeah. they're the best actors in the movie. Um, well, I really like Tony Hudson, who plays Rachel. I think she is, I kept looking up. Surely I've seen her in other things. But is she the no. captain? Yeah. 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 She's good. Yeah, she's really good. I like um, the cast. I thought, I thought there wasn't anyone where I, it was like, oh, yeah, they're complete waste of space which in a lot of oh. 80s slashers you, you get a lot of well you know the you know the scene where they're partying um they don't half make it look awkward where they're dancing around to this music <laughs> in absolute silence <laughs> it does not look like a party it's kind of intentional they've been, they've been asked onto this creepy old guy's boat um you know it wouldn't be the the best party it would be a little bit awkward I like why would you go on this yacht in the first place with this guy you've never met before it seems kind of you know, sketchy cd we're looking for a free party like there was alcohol there was cake jelly and ice cream yeah. yeah they did say that the party when they first that they first go to that we don't see was wild but you know mm. you just reminded me that um another thing that i love about it is alex cord as the creepy old guy with the yacht like he really invests in this performance as it as it goes on and he's uh you know becoming increasingly irate with all these people and this mutant mm. cat on his boat uh <laughs> he he gives it some welly and I, I like that he really wants to get to the cayman islands yeah <laughs> i really like it at the beginning where he's oh please call me walter yeah <laughs> <laughs> sort of Garth Marenghi yeah. levels of silly. It's amazing. Oh, he's, he's a treat. Sarah. Hello. Oh, resident 80s hater. Yeah, I, I didn't like this either. 
as well. Just, this goes in the just, 80s bin. Just, <laughs> it just goes in the 80s bin, exactly. I mean, basically, it just has everything that I don't like about the 80s, so... Yeah. Puppet cats. What's not to like? Yeah, yeah on, when, fucking when that cat terrible special up another effects. cat, even you were like... I didn't see that coming. The first time, and then they showed it about another 36 times. <laughs> <laughs> but you do get a slight different one later on where you see the, the mutant cat go back inside the ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> That's a great shot. Because it's on everyone's mind. Everyone's thinking it. Like, how does it get back in? And then you, you see it. <laughs> it just needed more carnage. Like, they promised carnage. Like, you thought that guy's chest was going to explode, and it didn't. Yeah. That was disappointing. That, that was yeah. a disappointment. That's a little bit disappointing. You see all this uh, new balloon bladder effects, but you don't really see any of the popping or any gore. Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no honest. Yeah, no, it's a letdown. Uh, So as we enter the tail end of this month's show, let's play scary noises. We're going to try this without buzzers and bells tonight, so just shout out when you've got an answer. Here's your first pair of scary noises. You guys see that guy's face? Well, we asked him what it was, and they have no idea. I don't read the papers. Maybe our government made this oh, thing. I mean, yeah. you know... Maybe it's the music sleepwalkers. Does it really matter right is. Um, Richard or Emily, do you know the dialogue? No. Is it... Uh, oh, sleeping. Um, no, I, I have no idea. Okay, so CJ and Sarah, here's uh, the dialogue to identify. You guys see that guy's face? Well, we asked him what it was, and they have no idea. I don't read the papers. Maybe our government made this thing. I mean, you know, maybe it was an accident, or maybe maybe they did. Does it really matter right now? Yeah. It matters because I need to talk about something. Otherwise, I'm actually probably going to shit my pants in this stairwell. Sounds so familiar. Definitely know oh, what I that thought, is. I thought what I, I, thought I had it? it until he said shit my pants, and then uh, it wasn't what I thought it was. Is it Cloverfield? Yes! Well done. It is Cloverfield. Uh, right, here's the second pair. I just saw a middle door with bars. Who's in there? Irving Wallace. Irving Wallace? You mean that actor who went berserk? The same. We're keeping him here while the court reviews his case. Give a shout out. I'm so confused without a buzzer. I just feel like, what, what am I school. doing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to shout. It's, like, it's, not, it's not like in bingo where you've got like, house. Just shout the answer. Shout the answer. I'll shout answer next time. <laughs> no, just shout the answer. I'm going to shout answer. <laughs> I like that. Can we all do that? <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. we should all do that. Uh, <laughs> it's the answer! Uh, the Maniac remake for the music. It isn't. Bollocks. What about the dialogue? Uh, full Moon High. <laughs> I forgot to listen because I was so busy watching Craig Wave. <laughs> <laughs> Richard and Emily, here you go. I just saw a middle door with bars. Who's in there? Irving Wallace. Irving Wallace? You mean that actor who went berserk? The same. We're keeping him here while the court reviews his case. I've never heard about him. What did he do? But it wasn't all the papers. Gosh, he did horrible things. He killed people and chopped them up in... Oh, the score is... Um, well, I guess it's our turn anyway. The music yep. is Cat People remake. Uh, I was going to say, sounds uh, like Maroda. I yeah. knew it was something and, that I'd yeah. listened to a lot. And I well, thought, no, no, no. Like, that's what I was saying. That the, the score influenced Maniac's score. Yeah. Which is that's, why you said maniac. Yeah, uh, uh. It's it's almost a direct rip off that one. Damn. Uh, dialogue. Oh, I don't know. It sounds familiar, but that doesn't really help. But stage fright Aquarius. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, number three. It's my turn to play with Wellington now. Who said it was your turn? Stand up. See, I'm bigger than you are. So you'll have to do what I say because I'm bigger, and this is my house. I can play with Wellington whenever I like, and you can't stop me. You're my friend now, aren't you, Wellington? Oh! Answer! Go on, then. <laughs> I really just wanted to do that. Is the dialogue from <laughs> um, The Uncanny? Yes. Oh, well done. I, I, I recognised Wellington, the name. That was yeah, what about the music? The music... God, it sounded like it could be some kind of Italian thing. 
Oh God, I, I okay. Um, Pass it over, Richard and Emily. I don't know. Any ideas? No, sorry. No. Come You'll kick yourself, CJ. House on the edge of the park. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is really like a load of stuff that uh, I've watched a lot of that I'm just not getting. Oh. All right, here's the fourth pair. Uh, this is probably the hardest pair, I'd think. Scat. Scat. Lying down. Okay. Judging by the consistency he's eaten recently, it's hard to tell what exactly. Okay. You know, since the drought set in, these guys have had a ferocious appetite. So either he's eating a gazelle, which is good because he won't be so hungry, or. Okay, nothing. Uh, no. Savage Harvest. That isn't Savage no. Harvest, no. No, nothing. Okay, the music was Naked Lunch. Oh. And the dialogue. Dialogue was from Prey, uh, the South African film Prey. And here's number five. So it's your theory that the killer, the killer probably dipped the cat's claws in Karari. I'm sure of it. And the cat then attacked his... Oh, what's up? Yeah, go on, CJ. Is it Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye? The dialogue. No. Yes. <laughs> so I was just trying to remember if that was an alternative title. Um, no, it's not, no. Um, right, so uh, Richard and Emily, here you go. Oh, oh, sorry. unless you want to guess the music as well while we're at it, CJ and Sarah. Exactly. Uh, full Moon High. No. All right, Richard and Emily. So it's your theory that the killer, the killer probably dipped the cat's claws in Karari. I'm sure of it. And the cat then attacked his victims out of reaction to the repellent, causing uh, cardiocirculatory failure, like poor Paula Whitney. It's a dialogue black cat. No. Really oh, is it Crimes of the Black Cat? Yeah. The yellow the thing with the yellow scarf, isn't it? Is it yeah, Crimes of the Black yeah. Cat. Crimes of the Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And did you get the music? No. Uh that was from A Cure for Wellness. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> it was Mia Goth's song. Uh so it's two all at the moment, so here we go, the last pair. A, B, C, D, E. Vampire's kiss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> given that Emily actually said it before while you were fucking around going, answer, I think Emily wins that one. Damn. <laughs> Bring back the buzzers. I feel sad that I didn't do the answer thing. Um, no, 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 it worked. Emily and Richard, did you get the music? I didn't hear anything, so just guess. Uh, burning yeah, no, bright. Just guess. It's not burning bright. Uh, so you're on three, so you can uh, draw level CJ and Sarah if you get the music. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Hear any music over Nicholas Cage? I didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh, well, it's got to wow, be a cat uh, movie, but yeah, it's oh, it's kind of is it um, that Night of a Thousand Cats? Yeah, well done. Oh, damn. There's a helicopter all over that fucking oh, movie. There's cats in there and a helicopter, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh fuck, three all. Well, it was going to be a full litter of kittens for the winners and a full litter tray for the losers, but you hey. tied on three all. Uh, that was scary noises. The end of the show is just a whisker away. If you enjoy Devil Times 5, please tell your friends. iTunes reviews and ratings are one thing. But what we would really love is if you recommend us to anyone you know who's into horror. So please do that. Next month, Emily gets to choose our theme and you have gone for... I've gone for folk horror. Folk horror, which to me means being forced to listen to Mumford and Sons on repeat. <laughs> but the film you've chosen for us to feature is... Uh, Kill List. And, uh, well, the winners of Scary Noises were going to pick the other feature, but um, as, you, as it was a tie, I get to choose. And, ooh, fuck, I haven't even given it any thought because I wasn't expecting a tie. Um, but I'm tempted to say the Wicker Man remake, which I have not seen. Oh, oh come on. It's so... Like, I, I don't want to watch that for a third time. There's no way it's I'm watching not, that again. It's not <laughs> fun right. at all. I'll come up with something. We'll, like we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, we no. might, might just go for the Wicker Man, the real Wicker Man. But anyway, yes, we'll figure it please. out. 
Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, and dx5podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back with episode 12 on New Year's Eve. So until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>